Hey, man, I need a fix. I need a fix bad. So you need a fix, huh? Oh, God, man, I need a bad. Hook me up. I got your fix. I got your fix right here. Jeep junkies, we know you're jonesing for a midweek fix, so we're going to hook you up with a little midweek XJ talk show to tide you over. Where do you listen to the Jeep talk show? What are you talking about, man? Where do you listen to the Jeep talk show? I got no idea what the heck. Where do you listen to the Jeep talk show at? Get out of thank yo. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep talk show at? Underwater. Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep talk show at? In the bubble bath. Where do you listen to the Jeep talk show at? No clue. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? While flexing on stumps. Where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? Hey, where do you listen to the Jeep Talk Show at? I would assume on the radio. The Jeep Talk Show, available on iTunes and at JeepTalkShow.com. Well, guys, as promised here, I've got Phil Norvold. He is the founder and owner of Max Built Fabrication in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And uh, they've got some big things going on over there, as we've kind of teased you guys about over the last couple few weeks. Uh, and he is here, well, not necessarily in-house or in-studio, but uh, via phone patch. And uh, and we're going to go ahead and kind of peel the layers of the onion back of Phil and what Max Built is all about. So, Phil, first off, thanks for joining me, man. Glad you uh, were able to take the time and uh, and pencil this in. You bet. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, you've been uh, you've been pretty busy, especially the last um, last month or so. You uh, you were probably probably at one of the biggest Jeep events on the planet. Uh, you made it down to the Easter Jeep Safari recently. Am I mistaken? No, you you've got that right. It's been a, a busy several months, but uh, yeah, the last month for sure. It's been a lot of fun, but uh, yeah, a lot of road time. Yeah, so uh, the uh, the road time getting down there is part of this uh, this thing that got a lot of attention over the last couple of years, the Epic Willie's Adventure. Can you tell us a little bit about that? It kind of was a crazy idea that a couple of friends of mine had several years ago, standing around the garage, just had a great idea. Hey, we should drive some old Willie's out to Moab uh, sometime. And that was, like I said, three, four years ago. And, uh, it was last year. Finally, I just told them, I said, well, let's just do it. Let's plan for it. 2016. We'll just make it happen. And so, uh, that's kind of what we did. Made the commitment and made it happen, huh? Yeah. Yep. Uh, we, you know, a couple of buddies have done some other crazy road trips, driving 36 hours straight in a deuce and a half military truck oh. four <laughs> separate times. So, uh, I knew that, uh, with the right mindset and the right crew, um, it would be a pretty enjoyable trip. Oh yeah. If you can do it with a deuce and a half, you can surely, surely do it in a willies and probably a lot more comfortable too. <laughs> That's kind of what our thought was, you know? So, uh, give me, give me the breakdown of kind of what kind of mileage, uh, you were looking at as far as distance goes from, from where you're at door to door from, uh, from Max built to, to the Easter Jeep Safari. Uh, what, what kind of distance was that? All right. Well, when, when we first, kind of got the maps out and started figuring it out we were looking at about 1966 miles or no it was 1900 just shy of 1900 um when we initially made the plan the plan i heard was to not hit as much asphalt as possible is that right well it was mainly uh, to maybe step back a little bit but you know the rules if you were okay uh the rules 
<laughs> the rules were uh, it had to be a vintage Willys Jeep. So I think our newest one was a 53, and that was a military MB. Uh, there, there was eight of us in total. If anything was to be done to that Jeep, it needed to be period correct. So you could do an engine swap or you could do, you know, modifications, but you just kind of had to be able to somehow prove that, well, that's what, you know, the good old boys would have been. Right. You, you don't have anybody dropping a 350 in there or an LS1 or something like that and, and say, okay, I'm ready to go. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And and that did two things. It, it kept everybody somewhat equal. Sure. Um, and, you know, it, it paid a little bit of homage to, you know, what made our industry what it is now. So uh, back in the 40s and 50s, they were driving these things as as far as they could, whether that was, you know, from the Midwest to California or wherever they needed to. It just, they they didn't think about it. They had to do it. But that didn't necessarily mean that it was setting the crews at 80 miles an hour. Well, of course and, not. And of course, know. back then, you know, the, I'm sure parts were a little bit more readily available. We're talking 50 plus years now. And, you know, right. spare parts, I guess, would have been at a premium uh, and not easy to come by. So that had to have been yeah, a big, we, a big uh, risk factor moving into this. Hey, if something breaks, what are we going to do? Plus, we have to play by the rules right. still. And it's got to be, you know, period specific. So, you know, you can't just, you know, slap in any old alternator in there. If one fails, you got to go find an original generator or something like that. Exactly. Well, and that was another reason why us having like type equipment kind of cut out, cut down on, you know, the the spare parts that we needed to have. That makes sense uh, to carry along, and so that was one of the one of the rules. The other rule was no interstates. So uh, as much as we would have loved to do dirt only, we we knew we needed to stay off the big roads. Um, well, yeah, because your guys' yeah. max max speed would have been like 45 miles an hour on a good day, probably. So you can't really be, you know, hitting the interstates and, and causing a lot of traffic problems. No, and that was the biggest thing on that end was safety. Um, you're right. 45, as a convoy, 45 miles an hour was like, we were proud of ourselves when we would attain that speed. <laughs> so um, uh, from from our shop, we kind of set up based on talking with different people uh in the industry that have done similar trips uh, or just larger group events uh 200 miles a day was kind of something that we settled on sounds like a nice uh, round number what we want yep nice little average and so we we kind of stopped we just pretty much took the the ruler on the map and said well that's about 200 miles what's close to there and we tried to pick some something of interest we wanted to be able to plan out the, the whole route so that, you know, we could tell the local towns that we'll be coming in and, you know, maybe having a meet and greet each night at a different place. And as much as we wanted to hype something like that up, we also knew that the, the odds of us making it to our pre-planned destination every night was slim to none. Just because we couldn't, you know, not everybody was going to break down at the same time. We knew breakdowns were going to happen. Too many unforeseen things that could pop up to to get you in the way, and and yeah, they could set you back a a day or you know several hours or worst case scenario multiple days. Did you have anything like that? Did you have any big setbacks? Well, yeah, we sure did. <laughs> I can only uh, imagine. So I'll get I, I'll just I'll kind of start from the top. It was about uh, we were hoping to to leave at about ten o'clock on that Thursday morning, the tenth. And our our destination for that that night was Walcott, Iowa, 
and that would have, would have been a bigger push. It was about 260 miles from uh, the shop, but we thought, you know, by then everybody's stuff's going to be running well. You know, we'll have some test miles on the things. And as with any project or large event, it was my engine wasn't even in my. I did a, a motor swap. I put a flathead six cylinder. I had a 51 Willys pickup truck. That was my chariot. And I ended up putting the flathead six in it just because I, I had one and I thought that would be a little bit unique, but still a lot of the accessories and stuff were similar. Yeah. Um, which that that wasn't running. I put it in three days before we left. <laughs> Lord, so man. <laughs> it was, yeah. Well, and then, and mine was the, the second to the last to be running. Um, the Tyler, one of, uh, my, my fab guy, he did a wonderful job restoring. And remember when I say restoring, all these Jeeps were, uh, 30 years or a lot of them were 30 plus years forgotten about sitting underneath trees in fields drug out of you know wherever yeah um and his was in really really rough shape motor locked up tranny locked up no floor um we wanted to we thought it would be neat to kind of keep the bodies the way they were when we found them make them structurally safe and mechanically sound and then just kind of cruise and so his was in real rough shape but he did a Awesome job get bringing it back to life, giving it that new lease on life to to kind of cruise down the road. But his engine, we were uh, rushing to find a starter for his engine and didn't find it till <clears throat> it was hours after mine ran. So jeez, oh, uh, down to the down to the wire, crazy. really down to the wire. So needless to say, Thursday morning there was you know my I think my biggest test drive was to the mailbox of the shop and back. <laughs> and that held true for se- several different people. So when we took off, it was, you know, friends and family were there kind of waving goodbye and you know, cheering us on. We made it, you know, a half a mile down the road to the gas station to gas up. We were all very proud of ourselves. <laughs> and uh, we there was a an older uh, farmer that has a little shop on his farm. Good friend of ours. Uh, his name's Roger Turk. We thought. Well, he would be a great destination to either just, if it's just to say, hey, hi, how's it going? These are our Jeeps. We're going to take, you know, this road trip that I think a lot of uh, the older generation, you know, wished they could have, if they hadn't done a trip like this, it was always a, something that was on their bucket list. Sure. You give them so the opportunity to, to, yeah, live vicariously through you a little bit or, you know, get, get a chance yeah. to get in on it a little bit at least. Sure. Yeah. So we cruised. So we we went on one of the county roads and started cruising towards his place south of town. It was about 10 miles from there. Good friend of ours, Kenny, uh, Kenny Hawk from river Raider off road. His truck started overheating because he also had a, his, he had a 1950 release pickup truck and he also put a six cylinder in. So we were kind of like the truck brothers, both had the six cylinders, uh, could share parts, that kind of stuff. All right. And his, his we ended up dragging him the rest like the six more miles down to rogers because we didn't know what was going on so we haven't even left yet we you're still in town basically at this point yeah it's pretty much yeah nobody really knows where we are because that was another thing no cell phones or gps so that that makes things interesting right there (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. And our cell phones were there for, you know, like real emergencies. Um, yeah, and, yeah, it's understood. So we, we did have them with us, but so we, we pulled into Rogers and, uh, we realized that his water pump was making some God awful noise. And what had happened was the radiator that he put in and he did a, a old, 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 like uh roadster or Mustang, Mustang type, uh, radiator. And it was supposedly, you know, good to go, but there was, some of the cores were plugged up with junk oh, no. and the, that junk had let loose and kind of went up into the water pump. Luckily that was one of the spare parts that we had with us. And, uh, Roger had his kind of old guy wisdom and had us boil the radiator out with muriatic acid right there in his driveway. I'll be darned. uh, Yeah. Cleaned it out. And it was, you know, we thought pretty much good to go. And, uh, we kept on trucking down the road. Another, uh, I was probably another 40 miles down the road. It started overheating. again. Oh no. So, yeah. And that was, yeah, it was, you think you beat it, and everybody's cruising, it's going really well, and, and then that happened. Well, luckily we were in the, uh, a small town with a Napa, and we boiled the the radiator out again, got more stuff to come out. Jeez. So at this point, we're thinking, if we can find a radiator somewhere along the route, we're going to need to try to swap that out. Yeah. That's one thing we didn't have. So we got that, and then kept cruising. That seemed again seemed great but then another one of our guys adam schultz who's my kind of right hand man at the shop he's had the one of the willies for the longest time he's got a 53 3a he had rebuilt his engine about four or five years ago and it was running strong really didn't have any issues with that so of all the people that uh, were going on the trip he was the only one who didn't pull his engine apart and rebuild it well we were leaving Arcadia, Wisconsin, after we dealt with Kenny's radiator for the what seemed like the fifteenth time. Oh, uh, but uh, uh, and then Adam started acting up, just cutting out at constant RPM. It, it, it died once, and then it fired right back up, and it was fine. And then we got another probably forty miles down the road, and it it started doing it almost consist- consistently. And he's, you know, he's struggled with some carb issues in the past. We, the, the thing about it and we, you know, about any of the issues we had is there wasn't a definitive failure. No, you know, it could have been, it could be this, it could be that, you know, and, and you've only got so much time, patience, and probably tools and means with you to, to sit there and do all the troubleshooting and diagnosis to figure it out. Exactly. And so we were heading towards La Crosse, Wisconsin. And, um, uh, we're cruising pretty good. Adam started to run better. So he just kind of took off and, and, you know, three, four of the Jeeps kind of kept up with him. And then it was the, the one stretch of this, this whole trip as it was starting to get dark out. There was about three miles that the two lane highway split into a four lane, like convergence. All right. And, you know, Adam and, and those guys kind of started taking off down the road and I saw the smoke started coming up from Kenny's hood again. Oh boy. And so he pulls over <laughs> on an overpass. Uh, I think the truck kind of made him pull over. Mm-hmm. So we had four of us 
sitting on the overpass at a, you know what lights on that we had. This is and at night. This is it's start. It's dusk, okay. so it's it's getting dark. It's getting dark in a hurry, and you know our again our our main thing here is safety. We kind of we top it off with some fluid. Realize that the the engine's not running too hot. It's just boiling up the radi- boiling out of the radiator. So that radiator is just still plugged and not flowing real well. Yeah. So our our plan was to just kind of get up. We're we're close to Lacrosse. We'd probably end up calling it a night there if we needed to, and search for parts in the morning. Well, that decision was forced when we're trying trying to get caught up to the rest of the guys. We see one of the guys kind of signaling way up ahead for us to pull over at the next uh, exit ramp. And we pull over, and it was just kind of a somber sight. Uh, we had Adam's hood was up. The guys were milling around, kind of looking at it, but nobody really had any decisions uh, on their face. And then I pull over. I say, Adam, what's going on? He said, well, I'm pretty sure my motor's locked up. Oh. And, yeah. So debilitating, overwhelming. It was it was a, it was a tough moment, but again, now we're on an exit ramp, and we say, "Well, but we got to get it off there." So we we hook up a tow strap to it and drag it up the road to a uh, quick trip, which is you know just a local gas station chain, and we kind of assess the situation. And the situation is that the the motor's locked up tighter than a drum. Oh no. And yeah. So, so here we are 75 miles from home. I was going to say, yeah, you're not even a hundred miles from home yet. And you've got catastrophic engine failure on one of the, on one of the, uh, one of the Jeeps, man, that is rough, a rough start. Yeah, it was, it was, well, and then Tyler, uh, his Jeep started kind of running a little bit rough. So everybody's kind of picking up their pieces. We've got Kenny whose truck likes to overheat, you know, at will Adam's engine gave up the ghost tyler's points are fried so he's using the lights of the the awning at the gas station to put his points in if there was a, a part of our rules cell phone usage okay you you can use a phone where there would be a pay phone or you know a way to call before you know before we had cell phones right. so there wasn't a pay there wasn't a pay phone at the gas station so i hopped on my phone and i called a an older gentleman that used to that was big into the four wheel drive uh, stuff in lacrosse, and his name's Orland Clark. And I said, Orland, my name's Phil. We've lost an engine. We need some help. It's a one thirty four flathead. If you know of anything, you know this is the gas station that we're at. So he calls he calls me back and he and he told me about a couple of guys that might be able to help. It ha- just so happened that there was a local four-wheel drive club meeting that night. <laughs> wow, what are the um, chances? <laughs> yeah, it was. Yeah, the stars were aligned for sure. And one of the guys from the club met up with us because we ended up towing it to the to a hotel just down the road. And he met up with us at a hotel, brought us a tow bar. He said, "You know, whatever. I don't have an engine, but whatever we can do to help, you know, let us know." So uh, we had quite a big following. On, on the Facebook page, people wanted to know, be updated, and uh, we had a couple of people that were doing media, videography, and and uh, photography for the trip. So, you know, they would do their best to kind of keep everybody updated as to what was going on on the on the trip. So 
so it got back on our Facebook page through those those people that uh, you know here we are we're in lacrosse we're at the America's Best Value Inn and one of the guys has a blown engine. Well, by the next morning we had uh, somebody from two hours away that had an engine that uh, I talked to my dad who was back you know back home. So dad, do you think you could go pick up that engine and drop it off for us? Yeah, absolutely. He's super helpful when it comes to that kind of stuff. Oh, that's great. So b- between that and then we had several club members from that local club show up the next morning to escort us to uh, some friends of theirs, uh, Richard Angel Belke, a wonderful uh, big two-car garage with all the tools we could um, imagine. The, the the clouds parted and the and the and the Jeep support started pouring down on you guys. I mean, uh, almost a veritable pit crew and a and a motor escort to boot. I mean, you guys really got hooked yeah. up. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. It just you know these types of things really kind of show what our whole industry and our community that is the Jeep world you know is all about. And very very selfless, whatever they could do to help, and it just it helped us tremendously. So we we pulled that engine. And I think it was, we spent the whole day working on it. And while we did that, uh, Kenny was working the track down a new radiator. And so he was doing, putting a new radiator in that. Tyler got his Jeep dialed in. Everybody kind of spent the day doing a little bit of maintenance. Well, the main project was rebuilding that engine yeah. or, uh, swapping out, swapping out that motor. And then, uh, at five, about five fifteen, we fired it up. That's five. And that's five fifteen on on the night of day two, basically. Is that right? Exactly. Yep. And unfortunately, what we heard coming from the engine was not a smooth running four cylinder. It we it had a pretty loud. It was an awful rod knock. Oh man! Coming from, and so we we weighed our options. We quickly made a decision that if we spend any more time on that we were just going to be put too far behind so uh we were lucky enough to be able to leave the jeep there in their garage until we could come back to pick it up that's a two-sided coin isn't it man i mean that's i mean a big letdown all that work and 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 all the effort that went into it getting up to that point and it's like oh no it's like you know this is this is as far as it goes but at the same time, you've got some right. amazing people there to give you the support. To, uh, yeah, you can store it here in our garage. Not only did, you know, here's our garage and all of our tools, but yes, you can even store it here while you guys finish off your trip. Yeah, it was it was pretty phenomenal. <clears throat> and so we had a little driver's meeting in the in the the street out in front of their house and our options were, you know, get some rest and get up early and head out of Dodge or we you know we really didn't want to travel at night just again from the safety standpoint let me ask you at this point you guys have had one catastrophic failure after another i mean overheating issues you know a lot of them <laughs> a massive engine failure yeah you know at this point the thoughts of do we do we call this off have got to be rolling through your head oh yeah um and, and unfortunately <clears throat> you know i not that everybody everybody's great in helping make decisions um and you know I, I i take a little ownership to having to make sure that you know whatever decisions are thrown out there you know the final decision kind of rests on my shoulders a little bit yeah what have i gotten myself into 
Yeah, I'm um, sure that question well, was asked you a lot. <laughs> are we are we ever going to make it? Is this even is this even a possibility? It was yeah, it was it was one of those you know, moments where you just have to, you know, well, no nobody's going to do it for us. So we right. just need to make it happen. So you guys were able to get back on the road and, and was it smooth sailing from that point on? Was there, was there any more massive, uh, massive hurdles that you had to overcome? No, not really. We left that, that night and our goal was to get out of the state, which was to just get to Iowa, which was about another 75 miles away and to be leaving at five thirty six o'clock at night. We knew it was a little bit of a gamble. We gassed up. We got about 12 miles out of town. We pulled over uh, just to kind of. I actually don't remember the reason why we pulled over. It's like, hey, every, but, everybody, uh, everybody doing okay? No, no, nobody's, uh, yeah, nobody's blowing up. up yet. Okay, let's learn. Let's keep going. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that was that was the hope. And then all of a sudden, we smelled it. Just a ton of coolant coming from the exhaust on my truck. Oh no! And so, so we we decided to pull over at another gas station. We Boy, those th- those have got to be. I'm sorry. Those have got to be two words that are just the bane of your existence right now. Pull over. <laughs> I, mean, I know. I, and I'm just shaking my head. I'm to the point now, again, I'm thinking, what, you know, what, what if I've, I've got a head gasket that that's roached something or you know, something just horrible. So again, what do you do? You just, you got to do something. So we flipped open the hood. We grabbed a, one of the guys uh, brought a torque wrench and we double checked the torque on my head bolts. And sure enough, there was four or five that had loosened up considerably. Oh, geez. And so I thought, well, not too familiar with these old flatheads, but I did learn that if you just retorque them, they seal themselves back up and <laughs> it's good to go. So uh, I talk about just my heart was sinking, thinking there's this huge pit in my stomach wondering, well, if you know, if my head gasket went, my motor's going to go because that's, you know, I'm used to. You know, if if your head gasket's blowing that much coolant, you can't just snug it back up and call it a day. But it but it worked. Unbelievable. And the 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 rest of the guys checked theirs too, just to make sure that they were yeah. going to be in the same boat. <laughs> and everybody's being super cautious. And then from that point on, we cruised down. Uh, you know, the last sixty miles, we were so proud when we made it to our destination that you know that, that a couple of those roundabout traffic circles and we we hopped on one of them and uh my friend mark who was being our leader he got a honking our horns driving around two three four times <laughs> oh that's just, great you know little jeep happy you know, dance our fist in the air. <laughs> that's right. and so that was that was at the end of the night at day two and we made it to Mar- marquette iowa yeah we all we pulled into the hotel uh grabbed some fried chicken from across the street and uh, went to bed and, and got up early to, to hit it again. So what was it like uh, pulling the caravan in into the uh, the Easter Jeep Safari uh, with, you know, all, all these vintage Jeeps? Uh, this is the 50th year anniversary of this event. It, it, this is a very momentous occasion. And, and you guys making it to your destination had to have been, I'm, I'm just going to say it, probably an, an emotional uh, emotional period of time. Yeah, no, it, 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 was pretty, it was pretty intense. We were... I think we were all just in in our travel mode. You know, obviously we just wanted to get there and when we got there, we, each each place that we made it to along our journey was 
each night that we made it somewhere was almost almost as exciting as pulling into Moab, to be honest with you. Well, sure, a celebration um, in its own right. Hey, we made it one more, you know, goal, one more, you know, checkpoint, you know, all that. And, and it's and, and yeah, there's got to be a great deal of pride and personal satisfaction knowing that that the vehicle that you've put together, that you've rebuilt, and that is this old has made it this far. Well, yeah, and we pulled up to to one ninety one, the intersection of the road that that goes up into Moab, and we uh, we're about eighteen miles south of Moab, and <clears throat> we stopped at the stop sign. Uh, one of the guys was lagging behind, had some car issues, had that figured out, but we knew he'd be. That was kind of how we did it. it we just wait at the next turn. Just kind of leapfrogging. Uh, everybody's pretty yeah. able. Uh, yep, everybody's pretty able-bodied to figure out their own stuff, um, unless it's you know. So we we kind of tried to keep to the buddy system. Sure. And as we were waiting, as we were waiting for uh, those two to catch up, we had uh, some guys were out on a trail ride, and they were going down the highway and pulled over. Pulled in. Are you are you the guys from the Epic Lily's Adventure? No way. <laughs> oh yeah. That's and great. They had heard was, about was, you. <laughs> oh yeah, they had heard about us, asking about how everything was going, and you're not really just coming into town now. Oh yeah, absolutely. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you bet we are. And it was like that several stops along the way. Uh, we pulled into Durango, Colorado. We had a a family follow us to our hotel because they they knew they knew where we were tra- just from you know the the facebook updates they knew where we were going so they were waiting for us in the town and followed us to our little hotel that we stayed at and they just wanted to hear the stories of the trip they'd been following us we brought a an old vintage hood um from from one of the old flat fenders yeah and along the way we had everybody sign it oh the that's people cool. we would run into yeah so that you know they came hey, can we touch your jeeps like, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Touch your jeeps, whatever definitely we that is cool standing around yeah we had a, we had a lot of those a lot of those moments along the trip that's fun so, See, uh, stuff like that makes it you know uh, the breakdowns the trials the tribulations it makes it a little bit more worthwhile it makes it a little bit more bearable when you get to have some fun out of the whole thing absolutely you know the the lows were low for sure, but that made the highs that much higher. Yeah, no, and absolutely. So cruising, cruising down the main drag in Moab, it was, it was, a, it was a pretty awesome feeling. And when we got there, it was, you know, we, we, we pulled into the Moab four by four outpost parking lot mm-hmm. and, uh, everybody, you know, high fiving and giving hugs. And, you know, we all, we all became 11 days on the road. We all became pretty close friends. Well, heck yeah. Um, so it was it was a very worthwhile trip. So have you had you been to the Easter Jeep Safari before to, uh, up to this point? I have, and several of the other uh, other guys have as well. I've been eight eight or nine times now. Well, that's good. So that that'll um, that'll uh, really uh, uh, put a lot of um, credentials behind my next question here. What was the fiftieth anniversary like compared to years prior? I'd say it was. Yeah. I don't know how to put it. Um, each year is extremely special. Uh, and it's almost, it's like a kid going to Disneyland for the first time uh, or the second time or whatever. It's you're going to a place where you're surrounded by nothing but, uh, good feelings and, and great people. And this year it was, 
they were people were everywhere. It was it was amazing. There was a lot going on, a lot of different uh, you know events for the fiftieth. But there's I don't know the attendance wise how much more there was than in years past. But man, was there a lot of people? I, a I lot can of only Jeepers, imagine. A lot of Jeep. I heard it was record numbers. I don't have those numbers in front of me uh, uh, right now, and I'm sure they're they're probably still tallying them to this day. But uh, but I hear it was a, it was a record turnout. I, I wanted to make it out there myself, but uh, I had other obligations to uh, to attend to. But uh, it was it sounded like an amazing adventure, and and you guys at your own adventure, just getting there. Uh, sounded amazing as right. well. Uh, now, how did you guys trailer back? Did you did you have a support team there to meet you, or did you guys did you guys drive it all back again? Well, it, because I I own Max Built Off Road, which is a uh, shop, and we manufacture parts. Uh, so Easter Jeep for the Epic Willys it was a big thing, but also for the company Max Built, it was uh, it's as always a big event. So I had my truck and trailer meet us out there and that brought out three jeeps uh for the show and um and then basically one of them one of them was to be able to get everybody home so a lot of the guys that came with on the epic willies were uh, my i pretty much shut my whole shop down mm-hmm. and brought all my guys and then so a lot of us were going back to the same location oh okay so Makes sense. logistics wise what we uh, we were hoping to be able to just have a you know a, a uh, auto transport, put them all on the auto transport and just drag them home mm-hmm. and not have to worry about it. Uh, dollars and cents to to make more sense. What we decided to do was we left four of the jeeps there. They're still there. Oh, wow. um, with of the the three jeeps that that I hauled out, we put my truck in place of my wife's 2015 JKU. And then to get all the the people were most important to get back. So yeah. um, between the J the JK and I've got a top kick crew cab tr- uh, truck that got all the people home. Uh, in the next week or two, I'm going to make a uh, just a kamikaze trip out there. And you're not driving the willies, the are you? Four. <laughs> no, I'll be driving my truck and trailer. Yeah, no, uh, I was just kidding. But that 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 is amazing. Know. All right, Jeepers, that's going to wrap it up for part one of our interview with Phil Norvold from Max Built Off-Road. We found out all about the 2016 Epic Willys adventure, but the adventure doesn't have to stop here. If you'd like to see some of the pictures that go along with these stories, be sure to check out their Instagram page, www.instagram.com slash epicwilliesadventure, for some of the most amazing photography of this trip. And of course, a visit to their Facebook page is going to be mandatory as well. Facebook.com slash Epic Release Adventure. There you'll find plenty of content to keep the adventure rolling. Stay tuned for part two of this interview where we get to hear more about both the man and the company behind this and Max Built Off-Road and their mission to complete one of the most honorable Jeep projects I have ever heard about, the Wounded Soldier Jeep Giveback. In the meantime, be sure to check out MaxBuilt.com to see all the cool Jeep stuff they've got to take your build from lacking to legend. MaxBuilt.com, where legends are built. And don't forget to stay current with everything that the Jeep Talk Show is doing over at jeeptalkshow.com. We'll see you there. Hey, Jeepers, on episode 228, we're going to hear about some of the details surrounding the leak of the 2018 Wrangler spy photos. We'll also hear a story about an awesome little Jeep and a whole lot of water. I'll be covering rock sliders in our virtual Jeep build, and Nicky G shares a little piece of his mind. And we'll hear from Nate from SWD Crawlers about lockers. 
in Tech Talk, I'll be talking track bars. Tony's just talking, and Cody from TrailChasers.net is filling in, and he's got a grand adventure about putting a CB in a WJ. All that and more coming up on this installment of the Jeep Talk Show.